It happens to all of us, no matter how many times we've been in a difficult conversation. We get nervous. We feel stress. That stress can show up in lots of ways: in our body language, our breathing patterns, our seeming inability to put words together in a logical order. Even when we figure out what to say and how to say it, we can still tie ourselves up in nervous knots. Our question this episode: How can you work through stress so that you can effectively engage in a difficult conversation? Welcome to episode seventy-seven of How Can I Say This, where we look to build connection and community through courageous conversations. I'm your host Beth Bilo. Thank you so much for joining me today. In this episode, I respond to a listener question about how to set aside nerves when there's a tough conversation to be had. So let's get right to the question. Here's what Sharana wrote to me. She says, "I normally feel stressed when I have to engage in a difficult conversation. In the past, I would prepare what to say mentally for days, but I realized that this does not help since the conversation changes when I talk to the person. Every time I am in a difficult conversation, my voice starts shaking and my whole body gets tense." Even though I am breathing deeply for a few times and I slow down when I'm talking, even though I'm self-aware, I cannot prevent my voice from shaking and my expression from showing on my face. My question is: How can I say difficult and delicate things while maintaining a clear voice, body composure, and neutral expression? I suspect, as you listened to Sharana's question, you could empathize with her. Even if you don't experience the same stress, you know exactly what it feels like. What she describes reminds me so much of what people describe when they speak in front of a group. I think many of the same physical responses that we have when we're in the spotlight as a speaker, such as butterflies in the stomach, sweaty palms, dry mouth, tense shoulders, changes in our breathing—all of those can show up when we're having a stressful conversation. Our brain might not distinguish between talking to one person and talking to a crowd. It just knows that there's possible danger and vulnerability, and it wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. I share that to provide what I hope is some comfort. It's normal to feel stress when we're in conflict or sharing something that's difficult for us to say, or maybe difficult for someone else to hear. One book that helped me tremendously when I first started public speaking was Scott Burkin's Confessions of a Public Speaker, and I'll include a link to that on the episode webpage. Scott spends an entire chapter normalizing the stress response and offering insights as to why we react the way we do and how to counteract that. He offers that everyone, from Elvis Presley to Johnny Carson to Thomas Jefferson to Bono, has shared that they get nervous before performances or speeches. It might not seem that performance jitters are the same as what Sharonda is describing, but I'd argue that they are pretty darn close. And that brings me to my first piece of advice: release the idea that you have to perform during a difficult conversation. You might think, "Well, I'm not performing during a conversation," but in a way, we are. We're conscious of saying the quote-unquote right thing, showing the right emotion, or responding in the right way. We think that we have to perhaps play this role of being the calm, cool, collected person who isn't bothered by saying difficult things. 
I invite you to let go of that pressure. It's not a performance. It's a conversation. It's about relationship. If you care enough to take the risk to have the discussion, then your intention is good. You want to improve the situation in some way. So trust that intention. You're not performing. You're just talking. My second piece of advice is centered on one word in Sharana's question that I'm going to take literally. She says she mentally practices. And I totally get this. As an introvert, I do a lot of mental rehearsing in my head before I have to say something important. I try different approaches and different words and different phrases. Sometimes I write it out first as a way of thinking it through. But what I sometimes forget to do is to say the words out loud by myself before the conversation is actually happening. And saying the words out loud makes a huge difference in how I feel about them. I might feel silly doing it, but I just practice alone in my car or in my office or when no one else is around. And this might sound strange. Um, I'm hoping somebody can identify with this. But one way that I've gotten more comfortable thinking out loud is by using the voice to text function on my phone, whether that's to send an email or a text. And I used to be terrible at it. I would get terribly flustered. I would talk in circles and just overall make no sense. And since I've been practicing, I can do it pretty well now. I mean, admittedly, the stakes are very low, um, but I sort of feel this sense of pride (laughs) whenever I dictate a text and it actually makes sense. I find that doing this helps me to hear myself think, which I believe is a skill that helps us when we're in difficult conversations. In a kind of an odd way, it increases my trust that I can just talk and what I say will make sense. And that comes in handy in situations where I'm not sure what to expect and I have to think out loud. So Sharana, if you don't already, I highly recommend that you practice out loud. And to that end, here's my third piece of advice. Figure out your opening sentence and practice that until you feel completely comfortable with it. That opening sentence is often the hardest part. I find those moments before I speak my first sentence to be the most stressful. That that silence, I kind of want to hold on to it for a, a while, and the words are just sort of settling in my mouth, and it takes a bit of pushing myself to speak that first sentence. But if I know what I'm going to say before I say it, it's easier. It might not be easy, but it is easier. Along with knowing how you're going to open the conversation, it's important to know your intention. I like to borrow from the book Crucial Conversations for this one. The authors advise that you ask yourself a few questions in preparation for the discussion. What do I want for myself? What do I want for the other person? And what do I want for the relationship? These questions help to keep your focus on the intention. Let's say I need to have a conversation about a money issue with my partner. I'll go through those questions for myself. So what do I want for myself? I want to share my anxiety about the situation and why I have been upset. I want to be heard and understood. What do I want for the other person? I want them to have a chance to share what they need and to know that I care about their needs. What do I want for the relationship? 
I want us to be able to have calmer discussions about the money issue and to trust that each of us wants to do what's right. So by thinking those things through and practicing those thoughts out loud, you can really help yourself to keep the focus on your intention, not on your anxiety. Now, in the way Sharana shared this question, it sounds like she's doing a lot of good things by paying attention to her breathing and trying to slow down her speech. So keep doing that. And let me add a little bit to that that gets into an awareness of your body and the physiological responses that you're having to the stress. So in addition to slowing your breathing and slowing your speech, take a moment before the conversation to consciously relax your face. I know for myself, I sometimes don't realize how tense my face is until I intentionally let my eyebrows and my eyes and my cheeks and my mouth relax. I let my gaze soften on a point at least 15 feet in front of me and let my awareness focus on softening the muscles in my face. Try doing that before you practice that opening sentence out loud. You can also try power posing to get in touch with both stillness and energy in your body. I tried this with a coaching client yesterday, and she found it to be a powerful way to get centered and grounded when before she had been feeling a lot of stress. This is a variation on a pose that researcher Amy Cuddy offered in her TED Talk, which I will link to on the episode webpage. I'm actually going to lead you through it now, and I suggest if you can, take a moment to do the pose along with me. And of course, it goes without saying, if you're driving or doing some sort of activity that involves machinery or sharp objects or anything else while you're listening to this, come back to this episode and try this pose when you're not otherwise occupied. So wherever you are, just take a moment. If you're sitting down, stand up. If you've got your shoes on, take off your shoes and stand with your feet shoulder width apart. You can close your eyes, or if you want to keep them open, just pick a spot, maybe 15 to 20 feet in front of you that you can softly focus on. Relax your arms at your sides and take a few deep breaths. As you're breathing, feel the weight of your body pushing and sinking your feet into the earth. Just feel how they're pushing down on the ground. And now shift and feel the earth supporting you and holding you up without any effort on your part. Keep breathing and put your hands on your hips. Keep your chin up and take a few more breaths. Now when you're ready, put your hands up in the air, making a Y or a V shape like you just crossed the finish line of a marathon. While you're doing that, keep your chin up and keep breathing with your eyes softly closed 
or focused on a point on the horizon. Hold that pose and feel the energy from the earth coming up through the soles of your feet, through your ankles and your legs and your hips, your stomach, your heart, your throat, and out the top of your head and the tips of your fingers. Keep breathing as you feel that energy moving through you. And when you're ready, lower your hands and put them back on your hips. Take a breath or two. And then release your hands to your sides. Just take a few more breaths, noticing how your body feels, noticing your relaxed face. Maybe shake your hands out a little bit. And then sit back down or continue doing whatever you were doing before you started. Now, after you've done that pose, practice your opening sentence out loud. Amy Cuddy says that if you hold the power pose of your arms up in the air long enough, your cortisol stress hormones decrease and testosterone, which increases your feelings of assertiveness and power, increases. There have been subsequent studies that challenge the science that she shares in that TED Talk. But since I've noticed a difference when I do the pose, and I seem to have witnessed a difference when other people do the pose, that challenge to the science doesn't matter so much to me. It can be scientific or it can be a placebo effect. In this case, as long as it works, I really don't care. (laughs) And um, so I invite you to try it and you decide, does that work for you? One final piece of advice. If it feels safe to do so, let the other person know that you're nervous. It might sound like there's something important that I want to talk with you about, and I'm a bit nervous about it because I value our relationship. So please bear with me if I'm a little shaky. By doing that, you're giving yourself permission to be real and to show your emotion. And often the side effect of doing that, of naming how you're feeling and letting the other person know, it calms you down, and it might even calm the other person down. It has a way of diffusing tension. It's hard to be defensive or attack somebody who is letting you know that they are nervous. Um, It shows that they care. Showing that kind of vulnerability might be too risky in some conversations, but it is something to consider. And it's probably safer more often than you would think. After all, we're human beings. We get nervous. We care deeply. We trip over our words. We get stuck. We get upset. The key is trusting yourself that when you show up as a vulnerable, honest human being with good intentions, you can handle whatever happens. These are all strategies that contribute to giving you a sense of control in what feels like an uncontrollable situation. And yes, there will be moments in the conversation that you can't predict and that most definitely will be uncomfortable. Recognize where you have control and let go of needing to control the things that you can't. And underneath it all, trust that you can handle it. 
Your call to action is to practice anything in this episode that I've shared that has resonated with you. Practice it just, you know, on an ongoing basis, you know, practice relaxing, practice rehearsing something out loud before you're going to share it with someone. Um, But especially do it the next time you're going into a difficult conversation or a stressful situation. If I had to pick one that would maybe make the biggest difference, it would be to determine your opening sentence and to practice it out loud enough so that it feels natural. And to base that opening sentence on your good intentions, what you want from the conversation and what you want with and for the other person. Come from a place of love and connection, and you're going to be just fine. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you have your own question for how can I say this, you are welcome to submit it for consideration for a future episode, and you'll find the online submission form at howcanisaythis.com. You can also send me your question directly to beth at howcanisaythis.com. And no matter how you submit a question, you have the choice to be completely anonymous if you like. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. I also ask that you take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen through. And actually, I don't even think it's called iTunes anymore. Maybe it's um, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) So whatever platform you listen to, please take a moment to leave that feedback. Your choice to review and subscribe absolutely makes a difference. First, it tells me that you're out there, and it lets me know what you think of the show and how I can make it better. Second, it helps others make the decision about whether or not to listen, and I'm grateful to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show so far, and I really hope that you will consider joining them. This is Beth Bilo, and you've been listening to How Can I Say This? Our podcast producer is Paul Messing, and our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thanks to Sharona for her wonderful and very relatable question, and thank you for joining me today. I invite you to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously. Courageously.